Amen. God bless you. All right, let's get into the word. Let's welcome Pastor Matt. Amen. Well, amen. Good morning to all of you. So nice to see you all here this morning. And um, I'm excited for this weekend. And you're going to see in the, the title for the message this weekend is called On the Road. And you know, um, as we know, summer is here, right? Thank God it's starting to feel like summer. It's been nice out. And um, I love summer. Personally, I love the warm weather. Summer is probably my favorite season. And, you know, when summer comes for a, for a lot of us, that means a lot of people, you'll be going on trips to other places, right? A lot of people go on vacation in the summer. They go on trips. Maybe it's even in the state. Maybe it's out of state, whatever it may be. Uh, for many of us, summer is a time where we love to go to the beach. We go to the beach a lot in the summer. So we take a lot of trips in the summer. And, you know, around here in the summer, you, you know, depending on what time you're going, the day you're going, a uh, 10-mile trip could take 40-something minutes, right? <laughs> so sometimes you're in the car a lot. And, you know, the tough thing about traveling is, I, I mean, in my opinion, is that time on the road, right? Um, for, I used to, I don't, I don't mind driving. I used to like driving, but sometimes it could take forever. It could feel like it takes forever to get where you were trying to go, right? Especially if you're excited to get there. And I know for me, you know, I was kidding around with this with my wife. Because I said, you know, when we were married before we had our daughter, I said, I, I, the driving wasn't as bad. <laughs> and now with her, she's just in a stage, she's in a stage, are we there? When are we going to be there? Are we there? Are we there? No. And, you know, that's just one kid. So God bless you all with like four at one time <laughs> that are driving. And sometimes you can just want to get there. And, you know, there's some things you can do from keeping the trip, whatever you're doing, from being... Uh, too bad. Uh, maybe you have a DVD player in the car if you have kids, and, th and that helps. Maybe you play games. Like, I know right now with um, our daughter, we do a game of, like, I Spy, so we kind of pick something, and, and that kind of helps the time go by if we're taking a long trip, and it can make it a little bit easier. You know, we, we, will, leave, we will be leaving from summer, for summer camp for youth a week from today. And uh, we go to Susquehanna, Pennsylvania. So it's about a three-and-a-half-hour trip. If there's a lot of traffic, it could take close to four hours. And when we first started going years and years ago, we would take a school bus. And let me tell you something. <laughs> that trip would be difficult for a few reasons. Number one, you might be thinking, oh, it's only three-and-a-half hours. Yes, but you're with, like, 40 teenagers. So who's, you know, who's sitting, who's standing, but then, you know, you have to stop to go to the bathroom. So you go to the bathroom, and you would think it's going to take 10 minutes, but with that many people, it takes like 45 minutes, an interruption in the trip, and everybody goes, and then everybody gets back on the bus, and you're like, everybody's good, everybody's good, yes. Are you sure everyone's good? Yes. 15 more minutes driving, there's always one kid. I got to go to the bathroom now. All right, we got to do it all over, but now we take a bus that has a bathroom on the bus. Praise God. So the trip is a little bit better, and we have a DVD player and everything. So the trip feels a little bit smoother, because I tell them, I said, we're not going to stop. Bring something to eat, because we ain't stopping. And there's a bathroom on the bus. And the trip takes, you know, it's a lot better. It goes smoother. And, you know, sometimes trips, road trips can be boring, but also there's something exciting, right, about heading out 
on the open road for an adventure to go somewhere. You know, you can get a change of scenery, which I love. I do actually love traveling because I love going to different places, seeing a change of scenery. Because sometimes when you even get a change of scenery, it can give you a change of perspective being away from home, right? You see things that are different, see things that you don't see every single day. And 2,000 years ago, well, over 2,000 years ago, a Jewish religious leader named Saul took a trip took a road trip, and it changed his life forever. And that's what we are going to really be looking at this morning. So just a little quick backstory on Saul. Saul grew up in a city called Tarsus. It was a busy, diverse city in what would be today modern-day Turkey. And his family was Jewish, but the city of Tarsus was always buzzing with people who believed differently than Saul and his family. And from a young age, though, Saul developed a sense of zeal for his faith. He was very passionate about his faith. He was dedicated to it and willing to defend it against anyone that spoke out against his faith. And as a teenager, he moved to Jerusalem to study scripture under a famous Jewish teacher named Gamaliel. And it's it's even possible that Saul was possibly in Jerusalem when Jesus was crucified and We're going to go now to after Jesus was crucified. So after Jesus was crucified, after Jesus came, he died, he was buried, he rose again. A movement started, which we know a movement started spreading the claim that God had raised this Jesus from the dead. And Saul was there to fight against this because Saul did not believe this. And we're going to be going to Acts chapter 9. That's where we're going to really be spending the majority of this morning in. So if you have your Bible, um, you can go to it. You can also follow follow along on the screens. We're going to start in verse 1. And we're going to go into Acts 9. So remember, so this is after Jesus died. After he was crucified, he died. After he rose again, the movement is starting. People are saying, Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus was the Son of God. He came, he died, he was buried, and he rose again. God raised him from the dead. And Saul, in this moment, is fighting very much so against this because he does not believe this. He does not believe that this Jesus was the Son of God. He does not believe this Jesus rose from the dead. So we're going to start in verses 1 and 2, and it says, But Saul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues at Damascus, so that if he found any belonging to the way, men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. So Saul is in Jerusalem. He has a mission here. He is going to go to Damascus, and he's even getting letters, because on this way, he says, if I find anyone, when it says belongs to the way, they're talking about followers of Jesus, he's going to have them bound and then brought back to Jerusalem, okay? He had this mission of his own. He was taking this road trip to end this Jesus movement in a city called Damascus. And Damascus is about 150 miles north of Jerusalem. And I actually looked it up on Google Maps, and it's, Google Maps says it would take about five hours to make that trip in a car today. In a car, that's how long it would take. And obviously we know in this time there was no cars So back then, it would have taken close probably to two weeks to do this trip. That's a long trip. I don't know about you. I've never taken a two-week trip where I've traveled just to one place for two weeks. That's a lot of time to think, a lot of time to contemplate, right? And what happened on the way to this trip? And we're going to see. Now we're going to go to verse 3. So it says, now as he went on his way, talking about Saul, he was approaching Damascus. So he is almost at his destination. It's a good feeling when you almost get to your destination, right? But something happened here. And it says, and suddenly a light from heaven shone around him. And falling to the ground, he heard a voice saying to him, 
Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. If we put ourselves in Saul's shoes here, this had to take him by surprise on this. This is not what he was expecting on this road trip. This takes him by surprise here. See, he was on a road trip to Damascus, and he's getting close. And he wanted to defend God's name against this new movement that, he, that was saying that Jesus was truly sent from God and God raised him from the dead, which we know to be true. But see, Saul thought that they were wrong on both counts. He thought that Jesus wasn't sent from God and that God hadn't raised him from the dead. So how much, how great this uh, a surprise had to be to him. This Jesus who he thought, this Jesus is, was not from God, this Jesus was not raised from the dead. He has an encounter with this Jesus now on this road. And that same Jesus who he thought he was dead, the one who'd been crucified for the, for the uh, crime with people, they crucified him because they said he was blaspheming against God, appeared to him and addressed him by name. He said, Saul, Saul. And obviously, I'm sure exactly like all of us in this moment, it made Saul pay attention very much so, right? We would have paid attention very much so as well if we were on this road and Jesus, and he's addressing him by name and made him start to rethink everything that he thought that was true about Jesus. Maybe he's starting to think, maybe he'd gotten it wrong. Maybe Jesus really was who he said he was. And you know, God will even do that to us if we let him now, we might not have that encounter with Jesus on the road, but I know from, from myself, there's many of times that I've opened up the word of God, and in my mind, I have a preconception about something that is true, but then you are hit with truth, right? You could think something one way, but then you're hit with the truth of God's word. And in that moment, which Saul's wrestling with this too, you need to make a decision. Am I going to believe what in my mind I think is true, or in my mind what I think is right, or am I going to believe the truth? right? And it made Saul pay attention. And let's see what happened. In verse 8, it says, Saul rose from the ground, and although his eyes were opened, he saw nothing. So they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And for three days, he was without sight and neither ate nor drank. So talk about, again, being caught by surprise. Saul's getting close to his destination, he has those letters somewhere that he's going to be able to bound these people to bring them back to Jerusalem. And he enters Damascus in a way that he did not expect to enter Damascus. When he set out on this road trip, he did not think he'd be asked, uh, entering Damascus without his sight. And that's very much so we see how he enters Damascus without his sight, totally catching him here by surprise. And he's dazed, he's confused, he couldn't see, and he gets to Damascus, and now it seems that he lost his appetite. It says he didn't eat for three days, um, neither ate nor drank. And I imagine that those days were long days for him, spent in deep thought. He can't see. He's not eating. He's not drinking. And, and we don't know exactly why he wasn't eating or drinking. Again, maybe he lost his appetite. Maybe um, he was fasting and praying. We don't know. But I could think a lot of things had been going through his mind. Have you ever just really spent some time, you know, in, in deep thought? You know, to be honest, it's good to do is to sometimes sit down and reflect. And, you know, it can be difficult to do sometimes. Why? Because we have so much technology around us, so many things around us. There's tons of distractions, right? Um, 
I remember, uh, I forget how long ago it was. It wasn't, it wasn't that long ago, but I don't remember exactly why too. I think we had, we had something wrong with one of our power lines or something outside and they had to come and fix it and we lost power and you lose power in your house. And nowadays, right? You could almost feel like, what, what, what am I supposed to do? Uh, my Wi-Fi's off. You know, we, we don't have unlimited data, so I'm like, don't go on the phone. <laughs> Your TV's not working, right? And but sometimes it's nice to just sit and to think, right, and to reflect on how things are going. And Saul had a lot of reflection time here. And I can imagine some of the things that he was thinking was, number one, he probably was thinking, am I going crazy here? Am I hallucinating this whole thing? But I'm also thinking, I also believe he was probably thinking, could this have really been Jesus who I met on this road, on this trip? And as this is going on with Saul, God is also doing something else in this moment too. Because there's another, there's a believer named Ananias. And he's also in Damascus. And he had a vision um, of Jesus as well. And in his vision, Jesus told him to go meet Saul. Now, Ananias, and we're going to see from the scriptures, he knew who Saul was. He knew that Saul was a religious leader going and persecuting people that were believing in Jesus. He knew this. He actually knew, we're going to see from the scriptures, that this Saul was coming to Damascus to do this very thing. And Jesus appears to him in a vision now, and he tells him to go meet Saul. And how do you think that Ananias would have felt about this in this moment? Well, the good thing is, because of Scripture, we don't really have to guess what he was thinking or how he felt. It tells us. So we're going to go to verse 10 now. And it says, Now there was a disciple at Damascus named Ananias. The Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias. And he said, Here I am, Lord. You know, I just want to pause there. That's a very powerful statement. A very dangerous statement as well. Dangerous. And when we say, here I am, Lord. Listen, God wants to use us and God wants to do something. It doesn't matter if it's something we want to do or not. Right? It's not, here I am, Lord, if what next you're going to tell me is going to be easy. Or here I am, Lord, if what next you tell me is going to be fun. Ananias says, here I am, Lord. And the Lord said to him, rise and go to the street called Straight, and at the house of Judas look for a man of Tarsus named Saul. For behold, he is praying, and he has seen a vision in a vision, a man named Ananias come in and lay his hands on him so that he might regain his sight. You know, he's probably thinking here, a man named Ananias, you're not talking about me, right? He very much was, so... And says, but Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much evil he has done for your saints at Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priests to bind all who call on your name. So Ananias knows about Saul. Again, he knows what Saul is actually even coming to do. And if we're honest, this is not the job that anyone would want to do that Ananias is getting told to do here. It's like he's probably thinking, God, when I told you I would do anything for you, when I said, here I am, Lord, when I do anything for you and go anywhere for you, I meant that I'd do anything that was easy and go anywhere that was fun. <laughs> I didn't mean that I would meet up with someone who wants to kill me. Right? But again, we never know what God is doing. 
And God's ways are greater than our ways. Amen. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And here's the thing. You never know what God might be up to in someone else's life. You never know what God might be up to in someone else's life. <clears throat> you know, right now, you may have a friend or you may have a family member, and they completely, it seems like they've completely checked out on Jesus. They're not interested in the conversation with you about Jesus. They don't want to hear about him. Well, listen, keep praying for them anyway, okay? Because you never know what Jesus might be up to with them. See, Ananias doesn't know the work that God is doing <clears throat> in Saul in this moment. And Jesus goes, so he's having this vision of Jesus, and he's, he's telling him this. And Jesus told Ananias, it says, But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. See, in this moment, Saul, what God is doing in his life is Saul's go about to go from sinner to saint, from persecutor to preacher. The enemy of Jesus would become the one who would spread the gospel of Jesus around the world. Again, you never know what Jesus is doing in somebody else's life. And, you know, <clears throat> we know because, you know, we have the whole word of God. We know the end. We know the, the story. We know the story of Saul. Right? We know he became the Apostle Paul. We know what he has done. But if we put ourselves in this actual time that is, it is happening and we don't see the end yet, as Ananias does not see the end yet of what Saul is going to become, I'm sure that he had his doubts when he heard Jesus say this. I'm sure that he wrestled with this. How could this same Saul who has done all this become a chosen instrument of yours? I'm sure it was hard to believe that it could happen. But the thing about Ananias is he went anyway. He went anyway. Again, we never know what God is doing. Amen? So Ananias, it's verse 17. So Ananias departed and entered the house. And laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road by which you came has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately something like scales fell from his eyes, and he regained his sight. Then he rose and was baptized. In one road trip, Saul's life was completely changed forever. And we know from, from the Word of God, from the story, even his name changed, right? His name changed. Saul is one of the most known people that we know as Paul the Apostle, the Apostle Paul, who wrote so much of the New Testament, who planted so many churches, who was probably the greatest evangelist there ever was. He had a name change. He went from Saul to Paul, and he became an apostle in God's church. See, God got his attention, and when God got his attention, what happened? We see that he changed his direction, right? He got Saul's attention and changed the direction of his life. And see, that's important because there is a connection between your attention and your direction. I want us to remember that there is a connection between your attention and your direction, You know, think in a practical sense. Not long ago, I don't remember exactly how many years ago it was, but in our nation, uh, our nation had passed laws prohibiting people from talking on their cell phones 
while driving without some sort of hands-free device. Why? Because they knew that if a person is, is staring at their phone and giving more attention to their phone than to the road that they are driving on, there is a good chance that what? They might steer themselves off the road or steal the, steer themselves into somebody else on the road, right? Because our attention, if our attention is just on this one, our attention needs to be on the road, so if your attention is just on this, you might not be going in that straight path on the road. You might be cutting in to another lane. You might be on the parkway, and then you hit that thing where it makes a lot of noise on the side of the road. You know what I mean? When your tires touch it, it starts making a lot of noise. Now, that's happened to me many of times, not because I was on my phone, just because, I don't know, my wife tells me I drift. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> so that was a practical sense, but think about it as well. There's things each and every day that are fighting for our attention. And what we give our attention is going to determine the direction of our lives. And I really chose to honestly want to do this message because we are starting in the summer. Because even in the summer, there are a lot of things that could be fighting for our attention, right? It could be easy on a Sunday morning to wake up and your attention first thing is, oh man, it is a good day and it's going to be a good day at the beach, <laughs> Right? And I know for me to get to church, I have to go straight and make a left. But I know if I go to the beach, I just need to go straight and make a right. Well, which has your attention is going to determine your direction. But even, even more so than that, there's things that are fighting for our attention all the time. For example, if you give all of your attention to the news, now I'm not saying it's bad to be informed, it's good to be informed, but if all of your attention just goes to the news of what's going on, your direction is going to probably be fear and even most likely hatred, right? If you give your attention to the person that offended you, if they're getting all of your attention, you're going into a direction of unforgiveness. That is the direction you will be going. Now, if your attention is on serving your spouse, your marriage probably will be moving in a good direction, right? Now, if your attention, though, is on all of their flaws the direction of your marriage probably will not be going so good. And even for ourselves, if our attention is on all of our flaws, you're not going to feel much self-worth. But if you put your attention on the fact that you are made in the image of God, you will see your self-worth very differently. See, Solomon, one of the wisest men there was, he even knew that things fight for our attention, and he wrote about it in the book of Proverbs, in Proverbs chapter 4, verses 25 to 27. He wrote, let your eyes look directly forward, and your gaze be straight before you. Ponder the path of your feet, then all your ways will be sure. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Turn your foot away from evil. See, that is so important because, again, your direction is also going to determine your destination, right? Your direction that you are going will determine your destination. So we could see that what gets your attention is going to determine your direction and which will ultimately determine what? Your destination, all right? And as I've been thinking about this and thinking about we see the, the story of Saul, because look at this, it's perfectly in Saul. Saul, his attention was on persecuting people, that believed on Jesus. That's the direction he was moving. But then he had an attention shift when he met Jesus on the road. And the whole direction of his life changed, which ultimately led to the destination of his life changing. And as I thought about that and thought about ourselves as well, of our lives, because we are all living a life, we're running a race, we're on this road of life, right? 
I had a couple questions come to my mind, which I think are good for us to take inventory, so to say, of this weekend. And I think this is a good inventory message for us, especially as summer's beginning. There's a lot of things that, that fight for our attention during summer. It's, just, it's true, right? We, have, we take trips. We have the beach. There's a lot of barbecues. There's a lot of things, good things, fun things, um, things that I, I love. But we need to make sure, too, that our attention is firstly on Jesus, first and foremost, right? Yeah. I know for myself, and I, I believe for all of us, like, again, I love summer. I dread summer ending. The only good thing about summer ending is football starts. <laughs> but I want to have a fun summer, right? I want to have a good summer, have fun summer but I want to have a fruitful summer as well. I want to have a summer where I'm growing deeper in the Lord, growing closer to God, growing closer to others as well. So a few questions came to my mind for all of us to ask ourselves to take inventory. Number one, have you been paying attention to Jesus have you been paying attention to Jesus? See, because it's easy to get busy. All of us, I'm sure, feel very busy. But think about how much attention you're paying to Jesus in the middle of all of those things that are going on in our life right now. I want to read Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. So again, there's a lot of things going on, but we need to make sure that we are paying attention to Jesus in the middle of all of those things. You know, I'm so happy when I knew I was um, doing the message this weekend, and I, I had some, some good notice, so I started it at the very end of last week. I did not finish it to this week, but I started it at the very end of last week, so I kind of did an outline of I knew the message I wanted to do. I prayed about it. I knew the message I wanted to do, and I am so grateful for it because this week I had a great opportunity to practice this message. This week for myself was a, a very busy week. Going into the week, I knew I, was, I had a little procedure I had to get this week. We had our new youth um, summer kickoff on Friday. There's a lot that goes into that. I knew I was preaching this weekend. We're living in camp for a week. So going to the beginning of the week, my mind is racing. Okay, we got to do this. We got to do that. I got to do this. I got to do that. I have to get this done personally as well. This, that, and the other thing. Um, my wife is, is pregnant, so I'm making sure she's good as well, right? So I'm, I'm making sure she's good. She wasn't feeling good. So I'm making sure, oh, you know, I mean, you don't need to clap for me. She's doing the hard work. She's not here. So um, so I'm making sure she's good. She wasn't, you know, and all of that stuff. So my mind was, go my mind was going and going and going. And I, and I'm, thank God I started this message. Guy said, Matt, first and foremost, my attention needs to be on Jesus, because number one, if it's not on Jesus, I ain't gonna get through this week. And I made sure, no matter what, even with all the busyness that was going on in this week, I said, nope, I'm not changing. Getting in the Word every morning, praying every morning, journaling every morning. That stuff is coming first. My attention is gonna be fixed on Him. I'm going to take moments throughout the day where I'm going to pause and I'm going to thank him and I'm going to think about him or I'm going to go read some scripture verses, whatever it may be, okay? Our attention needs to be on him. Why? Because, again, in all of our situations, what has our attention will determine our direction. We need to find out, we see from the scripture, what hinders us and then to throw it away. Find out what's hindering us and throw it away. So what do you have to throw off that's fighting for your attention? 
What do you have to throw off that's fighting for your attention? What do you have to throw off that is taking your attention away from Jesus? Maybe it's the news. Maybe it is social media. Maybe it's unforgiveness. Maybe it's an offense. Maybe it's certain relationships. Maybe it's a fear of change. But what do you have to throw off so you can put your attention on him and trust him? So number one, to ask ourselves, have you been paying attention to Jesus? Number two, what has Jesus been trying to say to you lately? What has he been trying to say to you lately? See, when we stay busy and distracted and don't stop to pay attention to Jesus, sometimes we can't hear his voice. And it's easy to get distracted. And sometimes we will keep ourselves distracted so we don't have to deal with something, right? If we're honest. But sometimes we just need to, sometimes we just stop even trying to listen to his voice at all. And sometimes it can be frustrating, you know, when we feel like we're not hearing from God speak, that could be frustrating. But I want to tell you something. I, I, was, I was talking to somebody one time and they were saying, I, I feel like I haven't heard from God. And that, that could be a frustrating thing. I feel like I haven't heard from God speak. The number one answer I have to that is open your Bible. Yeah. If you feel like you're not hearing God speak, the word of God is alive. Every time we open the word of God, he's speaking to us. Okay. That's how he generally mostly will speak to us. Now, does he speak to us through an inward witness and through other people and through things? Yes, of course he does. But he speaks to us through his word. His word is alive. You know, there could be times where you're, where you're you know, maybe you're, you're wrestling with something of like, okay, should I forgive this person? Well, God, I am not going to forgive this person until I hear from you to forgive this person. He's like, I don't need to tell you because it's already, I'm speaking to you through the word. Open up the word. You're going to see, forgive that person. The word of God is alive. He speaks to us. If you feel like you've been in a dry thing where God is not speaking, open the word. Open the word. Read the word. He's speaking to us. He is still speaking to us, right? And he wants us to pay attention to him to hear his voice. That's the thing, too. Sometimes we can feel like we're not hearing from God, but we're not giving him the time to speak. We're not being still. We're not being silent before him. I could do that so much sometimes when I pray, and I really have to catch myself. Why? Because you could be in a rush, and, and you're praying, right? And then you say, you know, whatever it is, in Jesus' name, amen. And then you get right up, and you just go do what you got to do, and you're not even giving God time to speak. We got to listen for his voice. He wants to tell you that you are loved. Maybe he wants you to hear that your worth isn't determined by what other people say about you, whatever it may be. We have to pay attention to him and listen to him in order to hear him. And Again, if you've been having trouble, feeling like you've been having trouble hearing from God lately, read the word. Spend time with God in praise and worship, um, in prayer. Quiet your mind. Let it worship. Quiet your mind. Strengthen your spirit. Quiet your thoughts and emotions and focus on Jesus. Amen? Psalm 46.10 says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Let yourself be still before God. You know, if it's an emotional thing, allow your emotions to subside so they don't color your thinking. You know, if you're, if you're in the moment where you need to forgive somebody and they just did something in that moment to offend you, let your emotions subside so it doesn't color your thinking. And once everything is still, listen way down in your innermost being to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying to you. Get still on the inside. Meditate on God's Word. Pray in the Spirit as well. So the first thing is, um, have you been paying attention to Jesus Next thing, what has Jesus been trying to say to you? And then the last question I have, number three, as I'm going to be wrapping this up, is do you need to change direction? Do you need a change of direction? And the truth is, is only you can answer this question. 
Are you becoming the kind of person that you've always wanted to become? What do I mean by that is, are you becoming the person that God has for you to become? Or have you settled for less and you've made compromises along the way? You know, it's a good question. I said, what direction are you heading in today? Are you letting Jesus in some areas of your life, but in other areas, you're driving yourself. You're taking your own road. You're taking your own path. Are you paying attention to Jesus or are you ignoring him? And that's very important because, again, there's a connection between your attention and your direction. Do you need an attention shift? Because what gets your attention is going to determine your direction and ultimately will determine your destination, right? So my challenge this week is whatever is going on in your life right now, whatever is going on in your life, let's take this week to do an attention shift to make sure that God is getting our attention first and foremost in every area of our life and in the areas that he's not, in areas that we're seeing our direction is not going the way that he wants us to go, put your attention on Jesus. Let him shift your attention, just like he has shifted Saul's attention. And no matter what, too, no matter if you are driving on the other side of the road right now, you're never too far gone. We saw Saul, one road trip changed his life forever. Shift your attention unto Jesus, who's the author and finisher of our faith. Amen. Look to him and nothing else. And if you need to change a direction, let God change your direction. Let him do it. Don't worry about it. Just fix your eyes on him and let him lead you. I'm going to close with Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. I don't know about you, but I want to go on a straight path. And how do we do that? Well, we have to acknowledge him, which we see, right? Trusting him, not leaning on our understanding and he will make our path straight. He will lead us. When we, when we give him our attention, our direction will naturally go the way that it's supposed to go. Why don't we all stand up? I want to pray. I'm going to pray for all of us, and I do pray we will take inventory this week in our lives. And I want to pray that God would reveal to each and every one of us areas in our life, if there's areas where we're not giving him our attention, so we will know, so we could take that attention. We could shift our attention. Amen. So let's pray. Father, I just thank you for your goodness, Lord. Thank you that you have a plan for my life. And I pray that this week you will reveal to me areas where I have not been focusing on you. Shift my attention to you. Change my direction. Thank you, Lord, that you are good and faithful. And I want to serve you and honor you with my life. And go to the destination that you have for me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And church, listen, if you are here this morning and you have not given your life to Jesus as your Lord and Savior,
He wants to have that encounter with you just like he had with Saul. He wants to first and foremost change your eternal destination. And we would love to tell you about Jesus. We would love to be able to pray with you to lead you into that relationship with him, into you surrendering your life to him, making him the Lord of your life and your savior. So in just a minute when we're dismissed, if you've never given your life to Jesus, acknowledged him as your savior, please come up here. We would love somebody on our prayer team. It would be our honor to pray that prayer with you, to lead you into that salvation prayer, to give your life to him. Amen. And if you need prayer for anything else, please come up. We would love to stand in faith with you for what you're believing for. Amen. Well, listen, God bless you. We love you all. Have a great 4th of July. We'll see you next weekend.